Right, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode something or other, I don't know, not going to check. We have a super special guest today, um, you'll see already, as always, so I won't introduce her quite yet, but I will say hello, Georgia. Uh, we have Jonathan, hello, Jonathan. Hello. Hello, you well? Keep it short. Yeah, yeah. Good. Just had a nap. Mm. Now a massive, oh. massive bowl of, sorry, I just talked over you a little bit, there's a little bit like a uh, massive bowl of uh, caffeine in your sports, the reg mug. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was nice last night. So I don't know what that, why that's even a reason for to have coffee opposite the night, but that's the excuse to use in. Okay, well, I think that depends if you want to sleep in a moment, but I guess not. I'm going to sleep about eleven, eleven o'clock. <sighs> I'm up about six tomorrow. Then I go train, and then I get back to the program. You maverick, um, Georgia. Hello. 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 The South African from um, Johannesburg. <laughs> That's quite funny. Someone said, uh, name a South African city. I'll be like, Johannesburg. Oh, Cape Town. There we go. It's two. Any more? I think there's Probably the only not. two I know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, jo- uh, Josh, our, one of our South African friends, uh, he's going to be killing me now because he's like, what? But. Um, yeah, anyway, um, Josh is currently going through a new, actually, so shout out to Josh. Uh, I, I don't know if he's actually, I think he must be close to taking his exams. Of interest to anyone, but... Good luck. No, good luck, Josh. The one South African uh, person I know, he's, he's excellent at barbecuing. They all excellent. are, aren't they? Call it barbecue, we call it something else, but I can't remember what it was. Josh, will, the way. Josh will tell us. Yeah, it's no interest to anyone, but... They're, aren't they very good at not only barbecuing but they're very good at like jerky type stuff I think they have a different name for jerky as well dry meat that's <laughs> <laughs> enough about your hobbies mate but um so <laughs> hello Georgia thank you for joining us um it's good to have you on uh do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself I didn't pre-warn you this bit did I actually so I don't know if you have anything prepared but um yeah. You know, do not actually before we do kind of go into that, what's quite funny is when everyone asks you to say, like, what's the thing you should know most about? You would say probably yourself, right? Like, if if you know something about, if you're an expert in anything, you should be an expert in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a fair fair thing to say, isn't it? Why is it so hard to tell, to like, say stuff about yourself? Then explain that to me. <laughs> like, if I said, right, here you go, Georgia, sixty seconds, tell me everything about yourself in the sixty seconds. Go on, go. Oh yeah, that would be really hard because, like no, you said, I'm not. No, I actually want. I actually want you to do it. Don't. <laughs> so I'm sixty just seconds. To fill the time. <laughs> so yeah. So my name is Georgia. <laughs> Thank you so much for the introduction. Um, I currently um, am living in the southwest of England. Very exciting move down here. Um, I work as a nutritionist and personal trainer. Um, coaching with coaching teams and some wonderful other coaches um, and we specialize in working with people who uh, struggle with body image and um, disordered eating tendencies and um, 
yeah, I guess that's why I'm here today to kind of talk to you about what I'm using. You just, you... I really can't talk about myself much more. No, um, that's what I mean. Why is it so what hard? What do you say? <laughs> that, that's what, that's I don't what... know, I think you just, you don't really ever, <laughs> since maybe like primary school, you don't really stand up and kind of talk about yourself like this is who I am and this is what I do and if you're passing in conversation, it's a very brief kind of, you know, to and fro and it's a back and forth. You don't tend to just sort of stand and announce a huge amount about yourself. So I suppose when it comes down to it, it's not something that we practice very often. And when you're not given fair warning, Brett, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really so, hard to some, do. <laughs> some would say there is a certain level of expectation that comes with being on a podcast where you're not a regular, yeah. that you probably have to say a little bit about yourself. I wouldn't say that. But some no, might. some say that actually the host tends to introduce. I've heard on occasion. I would say that and happens. Then... On, I would say some would say it happens on some podcasts, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. So, so, is tell us something interesting about yourself, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, what's interesting? I have to think, didn't you? Like, what is actually interesting? What's interesting to me may be totally boring to you that's Precisely. yeah there, there's absolutely i i have the same struggle in that there's literally zero interest about me other than my uncle is a very famous singer in an 80s 90s band i didn't know this was he mm. his first name is tony spandau ballet mm, have you heard of them i don't know <laughs> oh come on <laughs> jesus christ you must be mid I yeah. actually, that's not even true. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, but yeah, I know. If anyone says there's anything interesting about you, that's or if they say like one fun fact, or have you met a celebrity, you know, whatever, that's what I come out with. Mm-hmm. And no one questions it because they've got the same surname. So it's kind of like, yeah, oh, cool. You're us, cool. And I was like, yeah, it's really good. It? It's like, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I made it up. What I've done, what I've said before, names, say something to me yourself. And the only thing I could think of at the time was, I can't touch my left hand, my left shoulder. That is interesting. Yeah, is it? Why? It's not interesting at <laughs> all. But it's not—it's not normal, is it? <laughs> because I fell off a bike when I was young, and rather than being—I don't know—normal, I, I put my hand out, and the bone snapped outwards. You know what I mean? So I put my—I <gasps> put my arm straight to, to fall and it bust my arm. <laughs> So now I can't touch my shoulder. See, weird, isn't it? Oh yeah. Can you do it? Can you can you do it from the posterior? No, no, not posterior, anterior. Get it right. You do that, look. I know, can't. It's hard to see if I can can go all the way back here. (laughs) I I actually thought you were just trying to put a gun pose there, mate. It looks like you're trying to get a double the visuals, bicep. Out. The visuals are pretty good here. You have to describe what's going on for everyone else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I think Johnny forgets that this is an yeah. audio-based podcast. Well, we there was a lot of gun show going on anyway this way, so I yeah. appreciated it. Well, there's a show going on. There's not a lot of guns. Let's be honest about. <laughs> I've been about three times in the last month. Waits. It's all been kickboxing and jujitsu. It's all basically being oh, filled here we, in. Here we go again. So, Georgia, for your yeah. benefit, if you haven't listened to many, the uh, ongoing joke now with a bit of banter from people listening saying all you do is talk about jujitsu anymore. It's like, well, we kind of both getting into jujitsu in like it's kind of thing we like, so we keep talking about it. Unfortunately. Yeah, talk about what you know. Well, we don't but know, you know that. Train. <laughs> I feel 
fat and small at the same time. That doesn't sound like yeah, it doesn't sound like a great combo. Definitely the worst combo you can get, really, isn't it? <laughs> but I have I I don't feel very good. I got to say, because I got to get back. It's jolly, isn't it? So it's a bit more a bit training and stuff. Mm. Cool. I, I would say that's a really good segue. So, Georgia, what would you say if someone said, "I just feel fat and small all the time"? So, if I was one of your clients and I said mm-hmm. that, what would you say? Ooh, so it's a good opportunity to question um, why you think you feel that way because fat isn't a feeling usually there's a feeling underneath there so it would be a case of questioning um, when you say you feel fat what else are you feeling or what has happened just beforehand perhaps what what if johnny was to say sorry can i just change my sentence say i don't feel fat and small i am fat and small Well, currently in my current state, I am fat and small. That's <laughs> oh, horrendous, small. isn't it? I mean, not that. Heavy. 15 stone is relatively heavy, isn't it, for most people? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's small, but... We, we, I, I joke about it a bit, and obviously it's all in jest said this. Uh, I'm so this, offended by you, Brett. I know, sorry, Johnny. Um, but I, I, it is true. Obviously, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was around kind of the idea of social media, mental health, but specifically kind of social media and body image because obviously mm-hmm. it's something that's quite prominent. Um, we spoke uh, a few episodes back to some of the Irish B team around this kind of concept. So this will, like you say, we'll try and treat this as a bit of follow-on. So hopefully for the listeners, if they haven't already, go back and listen to it if you haven't. And I'm sure this will still stand up on its own. So no worries if not. But um, what? So in terms of kind of, I guess, the overall premise of social media usage and body image what would you say is kind of like some of the key kind of the key ideas of kind of the the associations between them in terms of social media good or bad for body image um i know it's quite also a binary question but it's it's purposefully binary (laughs) trust me because we will explore Um, clearly sorry say again so we will explore so that was it was purposely binary or black and white because obviously (laughs) i will kind of want to start with somewhere and then see where we go okay so for the majority of people for the majority of the time um particularly those who are younger like in in teens and young adulthood um social media use can lead to more of a negative body image if we're talking about um social comparison if if they're using social media for cat memes and gardening tips then less so it is for um fitspiration and thinspiration or for young males kind of um bodybuilding then it can tend to be um negative feelings around their own body because they tend to you you tend to be comparing upwards to unrealistic standards that aren't achievable and I suppose that's kind of where that brings us into the discussion around um, editing images and kind of using filters and um, photoshop because that then becomes just uh, unbelievably unattainable for the majority of people Mm. Um, particularly if you don't even realize that it's actually not a true likeness like a true image as well 
I think um, interesting you point you you made there around like you kind of always compare upwards, which is obviously true. I think. Um, I think the, the interesting thing I find as well is even those that <clears throat> are not no they aren't mentally comparing, but they might be exposing themselves or being exposed to kind of what you might consider downwards images, um, and quite often they're from the kind of the uh, authentic type fitness professionals that are in no way in the same position as they're trying to portray in terms of, you know, the, the whole, oh, look at me, I've got little belly rolls and all this type of thing, whereas they're trying to be seen as authentic and kind of have some, um, or trying to move things away from body image by showing their body, which is obviously a bit of an oxymoron. So um, I think in those scenarios where obviously that's kind of like they might be considered or the intent is to be kind of comparing downwards or or, or kind of more of an accurate or a level comparison say obviously if someone's doing that they're trying to tell you know the audience that oh my body's okay my body's fine you know, we're all our bodies are good you should love your body um appreciate for, for the physical and the the kind of the, the positive things that it does um but the reality is i think it just undermines in my opinion to start with because they're not real like they like most people can see right through them so i think it's interesting obviously like those sort of scenarios happen i think it's absolutely true that the real issues are the kind of looking up the people that compare themselves to bodies that well as i say this i'm thinking about a lot of people might be a counter argument of why they're not attainable i guess that's a fair question as in the the obviously the comment upwards. yeah so you're comparing upwards and they're saying like you're comparing yeah. about something unattainable and i guess you could say mm-hmm. edited photos arguably unattainable on the basis that logically they've been edited but i guess a lot of people's physiques are still obtainable to a lot of people um in uh so i guess in the context of okay you're never going to attain their exact physique because you have different bone structures genetics Mm -hmm. all those things but i guess like a general like body and condition as a lot of people say is on a table other people might argue yeah but they are obtainable for people if they work hard enough i guess that's the kind of the question that i want to kind of go down to start with in terms of if someone was to counter it and say, but they are obtainable images or they are obtainable kind of body comparisons, um, mm-hmm. is that then a negative thing or is it motivation? I suppose that depends on what you find motivating. If if we're looking at like the younger generation, so let's say we've got a 16-year-old girl who's comparing herself to um, a fitness model, like it's not, it, it's not immediately attainable you know she's still going through a lot of growth changes for another five six maybe seven years depending on um, when she stops growing for a start a lot of the time when people are looking at these images they're not necessarily looking at them in a healthy way so we know from research that it tends to lead to people um, eating in a disordered manner so that can range from anything such as using intermittent fasting to reduce overall calorie intake uh calorie counting um often it can lead to binge eating or binge eating tendencies as well um and other kind of restrictive behavior including that's typically because the message that comes across or the way that it's interpreted whether or not it's intentional for young impressionable teens is that smaller is better, thinner is better, lower body fat is better. And rather than kind of chasing the the muscle growth and the nourishment side of nutrition, it becomes about how little they can eat and how small they can become. And that's the message that 
Um, and that's not just from social media, it's from other areas of media as well. Um, but I think it's really hard to reason with somebody that age when they're going through a lot of changes um, hormonally, <laughs> physically, mentally, um, everything becomes about trying to fit in um, mm-hmm. as much as possible and kind of fitting the ideal and they're not going to compare upwards to another 16-year-old. They tend to be comparing upwards to people maybe in their 20s, 30s who are um, holding these big kind of social media accounts and have followers and um, those are the images that, that they're being exposed to. It's It's not you know, another 16 or 17 year old who lives down the road, who's kind of similar to you, it tends to be, you you know, they've got 10 years of training on you um, and potentially may have disordered eating that helped them get to where they are um, and not necessarily actually displaying a level of health that should be something that is... Um, taste you know maybe not something that should be pursued by a 16 year old at that point in their life um i don't know if you're in the right frame of mind a lot of the time to kind of make those decisions i as a teenager certainly was not um, in the position to be making those kind of decisions around um restricting and and training but a lot of the time that is Hmm. yeah um i think i mean obviously I'd like to just kind of highlight I think the point around being in a the correct mental state at certain ages and I think this is a lot of the issues with uh, children let's be honest let's use the word children children have when they're exposed to social media they do see this kind of glimpse into adult life or grown up obviously they can look at anything like um, I, I, I can't say that can't have an impact in terms of comparison and kind of the inquisitive nature of children and kind of seeing stuff and then having an impact on comparing their own selves um, at, at a time when they're just not clearly not mature or have enough development in brains to to kind of really make a true and active choice about what they do. Um, plus, they're malleable, really easy molded, and obviously influenced. It, that's obviously a really pertinent time for kids to, to obviously go through and be exposed to this type of stuff because I guess it's you know it's like a lot of things we spoke about I mean Johnny on the, the transgender athlete episode we spoke about and again it's kind of we we started talking around some individuals that are exposed at young ages to a lot of this stuff and um how I find it difficult to be honest in the kind of the transgender argument I know we're kind of off piece slightly but um I find it difficult how you know you can make decisions at such young ages when people are clearly not developed themselves and can't be fully developed to be able to kind of make a real true decision on these types of things i guess this is this feels quite similar in that when you're talking around the exposures of children to social media and all of the fitspiration type stuff i do worry and i can't see how it's really not going to have some form of negative effect on mood and body image and kind of all of the mental health stuff well mental health is was worse than it's ever been if if you look at how often things you're in the media people of children committed suicide I mean generally speaking if you think about committing suicide at 16, 17, 18 there's something severely wrong in it and you know years ago years ago it's an old night we just didn't have social media so I think social media has definitely had a negative effect on people's mentality as well because people I think people 
you everyone knows that Facebook and Instagram is a highlight reel of people's lives. Or that person's doing awesome at whatever, not realizing actually that's just like a little bit of their life and you may not know the struggles they're having. So people all I think especially kids, with six year olds is a child really, isn't it? They think that they are so far behind to other people their age even that they just think, oh, I'm not doing very well, which doesn't help. I mean, like when we started training, all I looked at was Ronnie Coleman, Ronnie Coleman Flex magazine. I mean, you only could buy magazines. You couldn't go on Facebook and look at other people who are a little bit older than you. So I think, do you think social media have got a responsibility to go, actually, you're not posting that. You're not posting that. I know Facebook are quite strict with ads these days. They were before and afters. But I think they should be. I think there should be better moderation with social media, but what can be posted? How how is that ever going to happen yeah. though? I guess it's I one of those, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, that's obviously the the crazy the crazy thing about it, really. Um, well, well, on Facebook now they they will tell you if they mention coronavirus, something comes up to it. This information could be whatever. So if they can do that, they must do something. If they trigger certain words, yeah, I, I'll tell you what's interesting. So when when I had looked previously around um, some of the research into social media and mental health, what was interesting is obviously there's a few systematic reviews. I had a look at a couple, and there was a number of studies included in some of those. And what was quite interesting was the actual level of variance in terms of whether social media usage was seen deemed as positive or negative. Um, I was amazed at how many still kind of like positive outcomes were seen from a lot of these studies um i don't i can't remember enough or go into enough detail to talk about them but i guess it's just it's interesting i guess that for me it, it kind of shows that how contextualized this all is and how much nuance there is around it and it's not just quite as simple to say social media shit and no one should look at them and it's a big problem for everybody so i don't i don't think that's necessarily the case but yeah i i think sometimes i kind of compare it to you'll often find fit pros quoting the kind of the oh well weighing yourself every day is associated with with better health outcomes and yes okay it is but obviously there is a prominent word in that it's associated there are a lot of people that still weigh themselves every day have quite um negative consequences or, or exacerbates negative consequences so where does that become a good or a bad thing and i guess like social media falls into that bracket a little bit i think for me that for some people they might find it really motivating have some really good positive stories from it but clearly there's obviously an issue with uh, at least a, a good chunk of the population to where it's a problem yeah that's an interesting point as well actually um where you were kind of saying it, it it can be a positive experience when it comes to like how how you feel about social media in general um and some of the research shows that yes um social media can impact body image um in a negative way but it can also impact it in a, a positive way as well it but again like there's still a lot of like gray area there's no like black and white and all the good stuff kind of happens in the gray area right so that's kind of where you want to be looking for things and some like we've all probably heard of like the, the body positive movements and like fat positive movements and that kind of um health at every size movement as well and some people find that really really 
positive and it impacts in a way where they feel good about their body regardless of what size they're at but there is also evidence to show that because it is still so focused on the body and appearance that for some people it still impacts their body image in a negative way because they are still being objectified so when you mentioned earlier on about the posts where people are like oh look I've got belly rolls too and cellulite's normal and look at my cellulite bouncing around while I'm doing this jump although that's created like with a really positive intention because they're trying to normalize something about the body that is often highlighted as a flaw or something that you have to fix or something that you have to still love and embrace about yourself even though it's not ideal like the reality is you're drawing attention to something that is normal and that most people do have like we all have body fat we all well 99% of people have cellulite um you know many people have a nose or two ears but you don't have posts that are like hey look at my nose and my two ears like it's just so normal just embrace it it's you know but by drawing attention to that people are going to be like oh does do my ears stick out the way that their ears stick out and like you start drawing comparisons that way around um so you're still objectifying the body as a thing to be looked at and evaluated by other people as well and then within that body positive movement you still have a lot of posts, um, not all, but I think it's up to around 75% of the posts are still very sexualized as well. Um, so you may still have women who are in like bigger bodies, but they're in tiny bikinis and they're kind of in compromising positions still. And it's not to say that people in bigger bodies can't be sexual, like that's kind of probably a different conversation, but it's about when you're using that sexualization in a way to draw attention to the body in a positive way away from being sex positive but in being like feeling good about yourself and feeling good about your body image and your curves or your roles or however your body kind of sits you're still sexualizing the body and kind of drawing attention to the way that you look is still there for other people it's still it's still yeah, focusing yeah. on the body it's still isn't it it's still it's like the, the conversation should be taken away from the body rather than trying to change the narrative of the body like you know you're still focused on the wrong thing in my opinion that's it's interesting you said that because i remember back to one of the, the the systematic reviews on kind of like the fitspiration stuff where i can't remember this, the actual numbers but it was said like you know a large majority of the females uh or female posts that you know had contained the hashtag fitspiration were like over sexualized um type images or like you say either in skimpy clothes or really compromising positions or both and i remember like when it was males it was it wasn't that it was more around kind of like just big jack dudes um and i kind of it's, it's, it, you get the feeling like i guess and i don't know how or why this is or whether it's kind of like premeditated or whether it's kind of like almost um, um what's the word i was gonna say basically a, a, almost like a predation if that's the right word on like a specific pain point or an issue that we know society has so like obviously like this sort of stuff plays on the fact that um i guess the over sexualizing of women and obviously they know that men have an issue or pain point with like every like all guys wanting to say all guys that's actually just a wrong thing to say a lot of guys obviously all this the stereotype typical like narrative of guys is they want to get bigger jack massive six pack or you know kind of men's men's health men's cover magazine type stuff 
So it's interesting that that came came about, and obviously a review of that because it's probably what you would expect most people to think. Oh yeah, actually there is a lot of that, and I guess that's where the harm comes in is this comparing up type thing. Yeah, and I think as well, like it it does get forgotten sometimes because it it mostly impacts women, but it does affect men, and it, especially young boys. Like that, you know, when when we go through puberty, the thing is like guys gain a bit of muscle they, their shape kind of changes in a way that favors the masculine kind of look so for not all but for many boys they move into a body that is closer to like an ideal whereas for girls because the ideal the thinspiration the fitspiration is very slim very small when you move through puberty that kind of starts to change because you know your hips get a bit wider you get a bit curvier where you weren't curvy before you become very conscious of the changes in your body um and although obviously sexy looks different to everybody it it can make you very conscious of the fact that your body is is changing it's moving away from this girlish slim kind of frame so for, for women it tends to affect them a bit more but it still affects young guys greatly and you know you have these um body dysmorphia where where guys kind of look in the mirror and they see that they're still a bit too skinny or they see that things are a bit too flat whereas when somebody else looks at them you're like well actually you, you are the epitome of what many guys would think is jacked and would love to look like this body um so it, it definitely impacts males as well i think it just gets talked about a little bit less I think for those males where their bodies naturally move closer to the ideal, it's easier. But I think that then makes it harder on the males that don't. So obviously there'll be individuals that kind of almost feel probably like they're getting left behind a bit. And like, I think a lot of the the, the men that I know in the fitness industry, myself probably including that, probably fall into that category where I guess at a certain point as you're growing up as a, as a lad, you go through puberty and you know some lads kind of get bigger and more muscular and kind of go towards that big ideal and some don't. And I think when you then feel like you're getting left behind, that almost exacerbates the problem for them. Does that make sense? I guess I'm talking from a male and having that experience. And I guess, you know, I can kind of almost empathise a little bit in, or not even empathise, probably reflect back to be honest, in my own past. And I think a lot of indi individuals of males that are in the fitness industry come from that place where you know, they probably felt like inferior or behind certain peers or certain kind of demographics of friends or even growing up. Um, and a lot of them get into the gym to try and change that and they get into the gym and start lifting weights and they because they want to then start fitting into that ideal that they never could when they were younger so obviously it's, it's interesting really um, I, I must admit a lot of this conversation I struggle with a little bit around that whole premise of what we said around having the focus on bodies and the focus shouldn't be on bodies in fact because obviously that's what it kind of you might say an ethical approach is trying to remove the focus away from the fact of it being aesthetic and kind of like focus on the physical body even if you're trying to normalize it um i struggle a bit because obviously i guess like lots of clients come to you with issues where they want to kind of lose weight or you know oh, i just want to look a bit better or feel a bit better in my clothes or whatever which is a difficult thing to say you shouldn't worry about that and you should only focus on the positive things your body you should move away from body image and look at kind of more like you know like a haze approach or kind of look at more healthful behaviors um because a lot of people don't want to hear that because they don't feel like that's the solution for them um and if you were to say like like we might all know secretly that it's the solution for them isn't to lose weight because we know that won't fix their issues 
like you can become a smaller body but actually probably won't make you any happy and i think most of us will agree a lot of the time in clients you do find that they get to a smaller body and they're, they're not actually really any happier than they were previously if they have gained happiness it's usually because they found a whole new purpose and it's got nothing to do with what the original goal was but it's really difficult as a professional industry to kind of take on clients knowing like for the most people when they come to you you almost you're not selling them a a, a, a solution or a, a secret solution i can't think of the right phrase but yeah I, I basically i wrangle in my head whether I, like, I should just be more open and say you know, i don't want any weight loss clients anymore i just don't because i don't feel it's the right thing but i cause, because i kind of get like there is a problem out there with people where they do want to lose weight for the right reasons or the wrong reasons whatever but they do want to lose weight and i kind of feel like you kind of you kind of almost trying to ignore an issue if you just pretend it doesn't exist if that makes sense or if you pretend like obviously they're not the people you want to help today quite a bit of, bit of a tangent there but does that make sense does that, does yeah, that make any yeah, sense i think it's, it's a good point and the thing there is that you can still help people who would like to lose weight but you can also help them address the reasons for why they would like to to lose weight absolutely and i think many people like for example a lot of our clients may have weight loss or fat loss as a goal but it's not their like their first goal. Their first goal will be improving their body image or working on their food relationship, knowing that if they can improve that, that then if they still choose to lose weight, they can still have those two things. They can feel really good about where their body is and accept it as it is and still want to lose weight for numerous reasons. Maybe they would just feel a little bit more comfortable. Maybe they want to move better or feel fitter or um maybe it's for surgery or anything like that maybe they get to the point where they feel really good in their body and they're they're comfortable there and they decide that actually weight loss isn't something they want to pursue anymore but if they do make that decision it's coming from a place of like a healthy relationship with themselves and with their body and with food rather than about constantly going through the cycle of restricting themselves so that they can feel that they're on a diet realizing they've been too restrictive or that they're not in a place mentally where they can cope with that restriction because actually the restriction is coming from a slightly darker place perhaps they they aren't dealing with other things that actually need to be dealt with and they choose to restrict food instead and then ultimately you end up eating the food you're trying to restrict or you overeat or you binge and they go back through that cycle again if you can break that cycle and you can become comfortable with your body and accept it in a we kind of look at more of a body neutral way so we're not forcing positivity like you don't have to love cellulite like I have cellulite and it's just it's just there like I I don't love it in pictures I'm not like oh my god it's amazing but I also don't draw attention to it and kind of you know it just it is what it is but if you can get to a place where that feels comfortable for you and you're not particularly like emotionally attached to a specific weight or body fat percentage you can still go ahead and choose to lose weight for your own reasons but it's coming from a really really healthy place and that will not lead to things like restriction and does that make sense so you can have those two goals at the same time like it's not yeah. 
Yeah, no, totally does. Totally does. Yeah. Um, you obviously want to talk about the uh, the the kind of new regulations uh, Norway are implementing around. I, I must admit, I know the basic premise of it, but I haven't followed up in terms of kind of really what it means. In I haven't really thought about it that much, if I'm if I'm being totally frank as well. Other than just kind of like say the general idea of having to label um, images that have been manipulated or um, photoshopped, for want a better phrase, for marketing and what other reasons. Because I guess like. We, I think we spoke on the Irish episode. If people want to manipulate their photos and for their own pleasure and not sell anything, it was less deemed as unethical than someone as obviously clearly has something to sell off the back of that image, um, which I kind of get. I kind of feel like, yeah, that, that's logical. Albeit when we're talking about the mental health side, selling or not, I guess there is still an argument of this idea of comparison and it causing people mental health issues because of inevitably by exposing it out there, there will be people that compare themselves. So um, it's not quite as cut and dry to say selling something good Oh, sorry, selling something bad, not selling something okay. I don't think it's quite as clear as that. But anyway, um, wh what do you think about the this idea of kind of putting these things in, like Johnny said, around the idea of, at the minute, they're already labelling kind of anything with COVID with a health warning. What What do you think about Norway and kind of that? It's, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting um, way to go about it because it is putting responsibility back onto you the content creators and like I and I know like when you you had this kind of discussion before a lot of the comments were kind of around well the consumers should be better informed which I do agree with to an extent however as an example like growing up I understood what photoshop was and you know you know that like magazine covers they get their blemishes kind of like blurred out and like body hairs kind of removed and busts are a bit fuller and waists are a bit smaller you know that because nobody is naturally that glossy um and yet still you see these images on every magazine cover and on every page it still influences you over time because it's what you're exposed to all the time like every billboard and every bus and I think with social media even if you know that yeah that's probably a snapchat filter or that's an instagram filter you you can know that but when you're seeing these images all the time and that's what you're constantly exposed to and that's what you're comparing yourself to is it going to make a huge impact in the way that you feel about yourself like I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure that it will make a difference does that make sense a bit late to me yeah too late too late yeah. yeah, as in this, you've been, I mean, really speaking, shouldn't they? Sh if you're selling something, you should not be allowed to Photoshop it because it's, it's, what you're selling is not real. Like, if you're selling it before and after, right, they give you real, as long as it's not touched up. They should ban Photoshop for all marketing, it, unless it's, you know, only selling some, I don't know, whatever. But should, if you use, if you're, if it's a person on the cover of something and you're selling a product that enhances the way you look or whatever, you should not be allowed to use Photoshop. It should be banned. Because you are what you're doing is false marketing. What? But it's like, well, some people, obviously, some people don't even know, though, do they? Some people just, it's so unconscious, and they go, I do that. That's, uh, that's achievable. It's like, well, it's not. Yeah, I, I it's, think... It's skin like that. I think I can't remember if I said it in the episode with with the, the one we were referring to or not. Um, 
but I'll say it again if I didn't. There was a there was a moment in my office once where I was looking at bodybuilding pictures, and someone actually in the office said to me, Do, "So are they natural then?" And obviously, I was looking at pictures of uh, Mr. Olympia in two thousand nineteen. So and I can't remember who won that. I think it was either it was obviously obviously either Phil or Kai. Um, but obviously, I looked at them as like, "What the fuck?" Seriously, as if to say. But clearly, there is a level of naivety in general population that thinks someone like Kai Green or Phil Heath could possibly be natural i guess like it proves your point johnny around like i guess some people just aren't aware that this thing happens so that this thing is like photoshop can happen because so they can't they, they're not aware that basically a 300 pound shredded to the bone bloke can get on stage and win a bodybuilding competition without taking drugs or you know like you should look at you should look at people think actually this guy is not the same species as i am yeah like most what's the what's the average man's weight who knows? 13, 14, 120 pounds if you compare them to me. 120 pounds? That's how big I am, yeah. Because if everyone else is 120, I weigh 180. Yeah, but like, I just, don't, I just don't understand how you can think someone who's 300 pounds with abs is natural. It's like, it's a different hand. It's like, it's like a gorilla. It's like, yeah. you have to do a gorilla. But- but, but that's that's the point that's what i'm saying that's why i think it reiterates your point around like people aren't aware of that there's a naivety involved or, or a level of ignorance in a positive in, in not in a non-offensive way and um, like the true definition of ignorance um in the same way there are people are ignorant to the fact that photos can be photoshopped and that these things might not be real or that individual might be selling something is also taking performance enhancing drugs or some form of steroids you know i guess people just don't it's just assume that oh like take everyone for a bit of face value and um, obviously it's a problem especially when you're selling something I can definitely see the argument of like when you're selling something it is a huge problem and there absolutely should be some form of way of policing that and banning people from doing it um, but obviously the area gets murky when you take away the selling bit because it suddenly doesn't make it okay in my opinion for the reasons I said a while ago around people will still compare themselves it, 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 even the kind of like your general fitness professionals account that people follow it's going to mess with people's heads when they kind of they never speak about the fact that they are taking performance of drugs like georgia said about comparing and then an, an achievable body obviously it's then difficult to then for someone to say well is it genuinely achievable if that person's taking drugs and they don't tell me do you think if you taught critical thinking skills critical thinking skills in school which they do not then we'd have less of an issue with people believing ludicrous things. Because some of the before and afters are ludicrous, you think, this, this is not happening, it's never, it's, not, it's impossible. And how many people fall for it? You could do this in 12 weeks. It's like, you can't. It's not happening, it's never happening. If you taught critical thinking in school, it wouldn't change the psychological aspect of like a, a, like a six-year-old girl wanting to look like something that's achievable. And they'd want to be it, but maybe if they had, if more people had critical thinking skills, they may look deeper into something like a product or something. Where you think actually, I don't think that's right. Mm. It's oh. working in school, but obviously you're talking like that's a that's a major wholesale change of the schooling system, which is which is a different topic. It's, it's rubbish at the minute anyway. But would that would it help more people to distinguish what's sort of real and what's not not a big topic really but well, it, it is I think 
the problem is is I I am not sure whether critical thinking is what you could really call a skill to be learned. Mm. You can learn to question things. You can yeah. learn to look at evidence one way or another or you know. Like I think people's guts are pretty good in it. People can go, this is not right. And people and people are normally go if, if they if it's not right, they think it could help me, they'll do it anyway and sort of ignore it. So maybe not trusting you, but like like you said, George, I, I question it right. Actually, can you tell me a bit more about it? And then we talk about the more you're more likely to expose someone's bullshit, which is there is a lot of it in the fitness industry in general, isn't it? So I don't know. I wonder if sometimes, though, particularly in the fitness industry, that these posts aren't necessarily posted with malice. A lot of the time, mm. unintentional. If if there is harm, it's unintentional. Um. And one of the discussions that um, a couple of papers have brought up around the change in Norway is that if you force people basically to be really open and transparent about like what they've changed on their photos, so whether it's just they've added a bit of a tan or they've kind of slimmed a waist or whatever it is that they've done, if these people who are influencers maybe stop doing it because they're basically having to say that it's fake, an alternative route for them to take could actually be taking more plastic surgery and more extreme measures to create those looks so that they then don't have to post and say that this has been altered and that's been altered as a Photoshop or as a touch-up because they've actually taken it a step further to achieve those looks um, and that that actually could be a more harmful outcome. Um, Obviously, we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but that's one of the discussions that came out um, from a couple of the papers that were kind of looking at the, the possible negative impacts of implementing that kind of law. In which case, <laughs> um, that upward comparison is is going to be even less achievable in terms of just you know diet and exercise and taking a couple of herbal teas are certainly not going to achieve what plastic surgery can achieve i i um i thought about this in a slightly different way perhaps in that in the same way you know a lot of people say about like public health uh, interventions like the sugar tax or um food marketing rules some of the stuff that's coming out around the obviously trying to tackle the obesity epidemic and, and kind of using kind of more um public health level interventions and I guess a lot, lot of the arguments are, oh, they'll never work. It's down to personal responsibility, and obviously people will just go out and buy something else or whatever. And I, and you do get those arguments, and you kind of understand the the almost thinking error. You understand, you just understand the thinking of it, but I think it's a bit of a thinking error. And I guess a lot of the the counter arguments that you don't often hear is around the impact that things have, like those interventions, on things like actual reformulation of products and. Um, the, the kind of the changes in agendas and narratives of marketing and stuff like that as well because obviously I guess th that's the angle a lot of people don't see they think that the idea is like take the sugar tax example if you um, tax sugar people will buy it less because it costs more money and actually that's not really what the, the output is meant to be from that type of thing it's actually meant to be if you tax sugar profits become less um, therefore companies have to reformulate to include less sugar in the first place so therefore there are less sugar products for people to buy
And that's like an interesting concept if you flip on its head a bit to think, actually, yeah, I can see where that might actually work compared to just obviously the personal responsibility angle of whether someone will buy extra sugar drinks, say, um, or added sugar drinks. And I think if you think about it in the same way, will, and I don't know the answer, and I suppose this is where I'm going to ask the question, do you think like if people had to be open and I don't even know how you'd police it, let's be honest. But if people had to be open around the amendments and the kind of the adjustments they make to their photos, would it stop people doing it? Then I appreciate that doesn't necessarily stop the whole comparison issue, but at least it maybe helps remove some of the unobtainable sex or part of it. Yeah, potentially. I suppose what might be a really interesting side effect would be if it actually discouraged people to post their bodies less and and maybe either it's more natural photos or it's photos that contain maybe they're more clothed maybe it's as an example maybe it's more of an infographic about the thing that they do to help people rather than a picture of their abs and then a caption about what they do to help people um, if it comes to like health and fitness style pages. And then would that then become more of the norm and you'd see less bodies being posted? And then over time, would that potentially impact body image in a positive way? Like that outcome would be interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, I think how it affects people in in Norway or you know at least young people who have yet to be exposed to that quite regularly yeah I I think our friend Dan Osman put out a post sometime this week or last week um a bit on the kind of the the pointing out perceived issues I suppose a bit like I said around individuals posting pictures of them you know the authentic type post pics of oh look at me I'm authentic um I guess he was kind of suggest like obviously it's a bit like we're saying really you if you're drawing attention out to these kind of flaws it actually exacerbates people's issues and obviously a lot of people talked around this concept and there's a lot of comments and one comment i made is obviously a lot of the problem is is like the people putting these out aren't necessarily um trying to improve body image i think a lot of people are actually putting them out because they're looking for reassurance themselves like you might think it's a bit weird but there'll be a lot of fitness professionals out there that are so insecure in their own bodies even though they're putting the premise of, out about oh love yourself and look be secure i've got all of these these issues that everyone else has and we should all love ourselves um the reality is a lot of the actual um insp- not inspiration the motivation behind doing those photos is less is not that at all and it's actually people saying i want to be told and i want this reassurance and affirmations from people that i don't even know to say no you look great you, you know we all look good and we're all like this and obviously it's almost like the the point of the post is missed and i think that's that's often again a problem and, I, and i'm thinking like and the reason i brought that up is because i'm thinking like if people couldn't manipulate or photoshop photos because of the types of mental behaviors that people have around this and the psychology around it maybe they might not post as much because they wouldn't feel as comfortable posting pictures about their own body because the only reason they they feel comfortable at the moment is because they can edit them so i'm trying to, i suppose i'm trying to echo your point i think or perhaps there's a reason why actually yes that might be a case of that people post less and they might well i say they might resort to the graphics the problem with the graphics is a lot of time they take so much fucking time to make up people would rather just take a picture of their abs and stick them on instagram and then write a caption underneath it because it's far less work <laughs> I think the more people talk about a subject whether it's good or positive it just brings more light to the subject for people who are going to shoot with that subject 
just didn't talk about it whatsoever. And people don't tend to see it as much. Then not only forget about it, but it's not top of mind anymore. Because the subject is over and over and over and over again. It's okay to be fat. It's not okay to be fat. It's okay to be thin. It's not okay to be thin. It's like Jesus Christ. If everybody stopped talking about it, then would it be top of mind anymore? It's something I thought of right then. No, that is a really good point. That's like, um, if you say like, oh, just don't ever think about pink bears. The first thing you think about constantly is pink bears. And then you're like, well, pink bears good or they bad. But if you never talk about it, like as in it's just not something that you're constantly discussing. It's just not something that's top of your mind. But it is a large part of our society is is appearance based and our culture is appearance based. And I think actually like a lot of what you were just saying then as well, Brett, like you're basically describing like the self-objectification theory, which is kind of like what Instagram thrives on. And that's like where the you yourself view yourself as an object to be looked at and evaluated by other people. Um, and that tends to lead to behaviours like of body checking and appearance checking, which very often leads to posting, uploading and posting photographs of yourself to social media because you're looking, like you said, for validation, for likes, for comments, for um, people to tell you, like, you look really good today, like, and, and basically highlight things about your body because you need that validation about how you look. And then the long-term effects of those kinds of things can lead more to needing that external validation. So you you look for it more and more and you ask for it more and more. And that can lead to more things, uh, more feelings of like anxiety around the body and like body shame and heavier use of social media to get that same validation. Um yeah, and I think that's just quite an interesting point that actually it does tie into that. But equally, it kind of merges with both of you there with your like the infographic point and the just posting your abs because it's quicker. Um, you probably have noticed if you post on social media. Um, oh, actually, that's very sexist of me. I'm going to assume as guys, you may have noticed this. But as a woman... Okay, I'll use myself as an example. I could spend like one or two hours making a really pretty infographic that explains something the way that I would really like to explain it to a client or to a friend so they'd understand something. Um, and I'd put time and effort into the caption and making sure that I explained really well what I wanted to get across. And maybe the interaction is relatively low because it's not a picture of my bum. If I post a picture of myself in less clothes it will do better and that is a fact like it just will whether it's because people like it or don't like it it's going to get more interaction because we'll call the algorithm the algorithm as if we know what it is but like the, the equation will notice so much skin um and bump it up a little bit it'll get a bit more interaction people are more likely to stop and spend a bit more time looking at it even if they're just scrolling slightly more slowly than if it's an infographic with actual information or science on it um and so this is where I kind of feel like influences and fitspiration kind of people 
sometimes it's unintended harm because they've also got a business to run online and they want exposure and they want engagement and there is that side to things where people want to see bodies people want to see faces and they're more likely to engage with a human that they can see or a human that they think is I'm not calling myself attractive but a human they find attractive will get more and more um, engagement than a really nice little infographic that explains something in three or four swipes Hmm. have you seen that in abs photo or (laughs) Does catch your eye there? Someone's as as a bloke, if a woman comes over to the band, clearly you're gonna look. People say they want, yeah, you will, you will look, and you will. But for me now, if if someone's trying to, especially with fitness, and they show me a band, I'm like, yeah, nice band, but what are you gonna say? I'm not interested because you're just telling me you've got a nice band. Like, I don't care. It's nice, but what are you gonna say? I'm not interested in because I know you're just using your body as a way to, to make me look at something I'm like not like going, I, I can't say I've got no respect for people like that because people do what they got to do to run a business I'm like but I'm like I will then look at that content and go it's probably going to be shit that could be bad of me assuming that but I mean if you're using your body to do it I'm like yeah really nice body lovely however but I've got a disdain for influencers quite an unhealthy one like, how can you be an influencer? You've done nothing in your life whatsoever. You know, mainly you just post social media with ass or man of the abs, like whatever. But, but when, I, when I was young, I'd be like, oh, great. I listen to her because she's got a nice bum. Because you're a young bloke, you know, and that's just how it is. Because I'm old, old 35, depends if you feel old. I'm like, no, I'm like, well, yeah, lovely. However, I would never listen to you because you're using. It's like it's, it's, it's the same as a bloke. He looks like he's massive chest, massive arms. Great, but I'm not listening to you. I'd rather listen to the guy who's fully clothed and has got a bit of knowledge. The same as a female who's, who's doing a video of herself, so you can see, but she's talking about some quality information. That's like, I listen to you now. She said, that's just me. Maybe I'm just being a knobber, but that's how I come up. That's how I feel about it, these situations these days. But it's right, though. You post a photo of something. To, to attract attention and it will and lovely infographic take you four hours and people are like yeah whatever i can't see an ass or a chest or whatever That's my thoughts now i think um the topic of engagement and how much uh, i guess engagement certain or different types of posts get is a difficult one because i always struggle with how much kind of the content narrative feeds the algorithm in air quotes you know like like george said like we know what that is or how much the algorithm kind of feeds the content engagement i could i think a lot of it is probably like unfortunately we have a problem society where images and kind of like the sexualized sexualization kind of angle and all of this type of stuff kind of is the thing driving it unfortunately so i think you kind of we're almost trying to attack it from the back end which is not an easy place to do it as in like you know we know we know what it's a bit like despite telling someone not to eat junk food like we know eating junk food is going to cause problem, health problems in the long term like eating too much junk food um forgive the demonization but you know what i mean obviously if, if people eat loads of hyperpalatable ultra processed food over a long period of time we know obviously that kind of has poorer health effects than someone that has a more whole food based diet um but eating those foods also has a huge amount of food reward and exacerbates the continual eating them and i think you can almost compare that a little bit around social media and engagement and the types of content people consume because 
it's like it's kind of like well you know the the the, the wants and needs of people in terms of wanting to see sexualized content and seeing people like big jack dudes is almost feeding the fact that then people then do more of it because like, that's what gets engagement and i don't know if it's the doing it gets the engagement or the engagement is feeding people doing more of it i think it's the latter does that make sense but society is massively sexualized as a whole isn't it you look at the marvel comics how many of those of any of them ship none you've seen that none at all yeah well yeah <laughs> you know thor giant dude the hulk clearly giant apparently brother new frigno was the first one jack bodybuilder wasn't it the one after based on lee priest another jack bodybuilder where's she going there can't remember we've got you've got um i want to see what's her name scarlett johansson skin tight all in one it's like is it really necessary it's not necessary is it and well there's, there's loads of them they're all women are in shape possibly f- fake boobs whatever it's like why didn't why why this is essentially marvel is essentially a kid's program I know it's not quite like that these days, but it's like, well, do they all need to be like a? Yeah, the, the women are hypersexualized. Yeah. The men are big, burly. Yeah. Like being Johnny. Um, you know, yeah. Basically, the only way to take down social media is to take down the patriarchy. Is that is that where this is going, guys? Because this is getting me fired up. <laughs> kind of yeah um which is probably the time to say look it's bedtime and uh, i'm conscious of time um no i genuinely though uh we could probably talk about more and more angles of this for a long long period of time i think a lot of this is also so not new but i guess even the research and some of the kind of the the, the real um evidence lines in this type of stuff is still reasonably new i mean obviously social media itself is reasonably new or relatively new um so i guess the concern the research going into that is also relatively new and i guess it'd be interesting to see where things go and kind of as things develop will any of the things like the, the kind of norwegian thing come into place will it have any an impact but um before we kind of sign off so what do you think georgia for your final words what do you think kind of like the solution is or is that too big a question yeah that that's a real big question i think it's great to be aware in terms of the content creators need to have more responsibility in thinking about the impact of their posts whether it's visuals well visuals first and foremost and then obviously the actual message that you're putting across I think consumers need to take some responsibility and curating your feed is a great thing to do so I strongly encourage people you know if you use Instagram or Facebook or whatever and you find that it actually makes you feel really bad about yourself or feel bad in general to look at the content that you're actually consuming and perhaps remove pages that you find yourself comparing to a lot or that make you feel bad and and look at increasing um, the content that makes you feel good. Like I said earlier on, like cat memes, cakes, I follow a lot of like recipe um, pages, which make me happy. Um, And I actually follow probably, I still follow a lot of fitness accounts, but I'm very careful about the ones that I do follow and I definitely don't follow like bikini athletes the way that I did when I was you know first in the industry because that definitely didn't do me any good um but do I think that disclaimers and captions about photoshops and photo retouching um 
is going to change the way people see things or body image, um, I'm going to say a tentative no. I don't think it's going to make a huge impact, in my opinion. Fair. Good. Thank you for coming on. Really appreciate you spending your Sunday evening with us two big, burly, jacked dudes. Um, <laughs> Johnny's face. It's been my Thank you so much. Um, but be- be- before you go, sorry, if I can just take two more minutes of your time, even though we are over the deadline, sorry. Um, I'd like to ask some non-fitness related questions or non-topic related questions, just to obviously a bit of fun. So um, I'm going to have to remember this off my head, but let's start with the easiest one and the one I can clearly remember. But what is your favourite burger joint or burger place that you've ever been to? Ooh, ever been to? Ever. I'm, you know, obviously I've asked one big question. Now's another big question. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get judged for this. I'm going to say maybe Five Guys, just because I like the amount of toppings that you can put on. You know. I hate Five Guys. No, I do not. You <laughs> misrepresented me. I don't hate. I don't hate Five Guys. I hate the premise that people could say that that's the best place they've ever been to. If you're discriminate against a burger, he's discriminated against Five Guys. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. No, it's not. It's it's a good burger. Exceptional fries. Fantastic drink selections. Yes, good, great toppings. In fact, really good shakes. The burger is still not the best burger you've ever, place you could ever have gone to. It just isn't. I just can't like be. I judged, so. Okay, I am judging you. To be fair, <laughs> I, can't so. back. I am. Um, okay, what uh, food would if you could pick one would you choose to build a house out of? Oh. Maybe Rivita because I don't think anything actually eats Rivita. Like I don't think it would ever go off. I think it'd be pretty solid. That's the, I can and I'm to eat it, so it would stand for a long time. Yeah, I uh, I can concur that actually. I had some Rivita in the cupboard that went out to date in 2020, like early 2020. It still tasted the same as it did probably when it was it was in date. So um, bear in mind we're midway through 2021. It's quite a while ago. So no, absolutely, good. and I guess over time it probably gets better in terms of its structural capability of building a house. Yeah, a couple of layers, and I think we're done. Like that would do it. Okay, good, good answer. Um, favorite chocolate? Oh, oh. this changes regular. I go through phases. It's um, Cadbury's caramel right now. Cadbury's caramel. Okay, that's all right. Shout. Yeah. Do, um, I'm trying to think whether we had a conversation a long time ago, whether it was you. For some reason, I think it was, but I might be wrong. But um, Tony's, Chocolony stuff, did we have that conversation before? I think we did. That is so good. It is good. That's like my, my all-time, long-term favourite. But then I go through phases of, like, I'll eat Cadbury's caramel until I get sick of it, and then I'll move on to something else. Okay. okay. But that's all-time, yeah. The Tony's definitely... <sighs> Weirdest thing you ever found in someone else's house? Weirdest thing? Oh, um... I think we asked Amelia this one when she was on. Okay, I don't know if I just say it on air. I'll have to Why think not? Huh? Why not? Don't say whose house it was. Okay, um... <laughs> I found punishment porn. Punishment porn? Mm. <laughs> yes. Was it your house? <laughs> <laughs> interesting 
Okay. I don't think it's that weird, <laughs> to be honest. Not, uh, and that was not me admitting to enjoying punishment porn, just for all your listeners. Johnny saying yes, it was. No, no, it wasn't. I'm just saying, each to their own, and I don't, that, there certainly could have been weirder stuff, let's be honest. I did buy a house back in 2009, and I found a diddle doing the attic. <laughs> did it look used? Or? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get close enough to even think about that. Really? Okay. That's a great thing to leave behind when you move house, just to freak people out. Yeah. You're like, hmm, strange. Yes. It was a wrap. I, it reminds me of the time I, I found uh, my friend's sex drawer in his house when I was f- filming a, uh, a stag video. Oh, not a, stag, a best man speech video. Did you include the video though? That's yes, the question. absolutely did. But, um, I've told this on air, haven't I? I'm sure I have, Johnny. I can't remember yesterday, let alone a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, um, no, we, uh, I basically, I filmed a video of, it was supposed to be the premise of, we did up half our speech, or sorry, we started our speech in the uh, venue, and then me and another best man, because there were two best men, were supposed to look at each other and go, have you got the notes? And like, no, what? And then we were playing this idea, this narrative that we'd left the notes in his house. So we basically ran out, we had then a video played, and it was a video pre-recorded, but wearing the same outfits, it looked like it would just ran out. So it was a bit like following us around of us going back to the house and searching their house for these notes. And um, we would just basically go around like finding like shit old photos and just taking the piss and loads of stuff. And because when we were filming all this stuff in his house, we found his sex drawers like we've got to, have to include some of this. So basically we filmed an angle from the doorway where you can kind of see the bedside drawer on the bed and me standing next to it. And uh, I get these like rubber gloves out and put them on. And... Um, you couldn't see what's in the drawer because the angle of the thing. So I was like, oh no, what have I found here? And obviously, as I reached down to pull the stuff out, we'd replaced it all with bags of Haribo and fruit pastels and stuff. <laughs> so, and honestly, you should see the look on the um, the, the bride and groom's face because they're thinking, what is he going to pull out of that? Oh my God. And, you know, obviously, you could see she was mortified thinking her parents were in the room. Oh my God. And there was like butt plugs and fucking all manner of stuff in there, honestly. Um, like DVDs, butt plugs, dildos, just loads of like stuff. So you can imagine, look at the face of there, thinking he's about to get this out on camera, and obviously the the, the kind of the, the relief, sheer relief on her face when it was just sweet. So we never said anything about it. It was brilliant. But, oh, those are the times. Um, right, I'm going to finish with the final question, if I can get it right. So, would you rather be attacked by one poor-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? A thousand duck-sized horses, because it sounds adorable. You've been attacked by them, just FYI again. Yeah, but they don't have claws, really, and their teeth are quite blunt. Like, I guess I could just step over them. Have you ever met a horse? (laughs) I'm not really a horse person, can you tell? I'm just thinking, like, they might be blunt teeth, but there's a reason why, like, you, when you feed them things, you kind of keep your palm out and don't allow any fingers to become loose because you will lose them. And I imagine even being small, still pretty dangerous. Yeah, but I'm smaller than them, so they won't be able to bite my fingers. They might bite chunks at your legs, though. Or ankles. I'll wear wellies. Tough job, Brad. <laughs> They're still bigger than your wellies. They might bite your kneecaps. I'm just saying, I, you're, I think you're the only person that's ever said that answer. Really? Most people, Yeah, most people just go for the one giant one. Look, if that's how I die, put it on my headstone. Like, I don't mind. It, it's unique anyway. It's quite a cool way to die, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yes. fair play. Touche. Um, 
thank you again. Uh, really appreciate it. Do you want to shout out your uh, contact details, social media, all the ways people might want to get in touch with you if they want to work on their uh, relationships with both their body, their food, and all of the above? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Georgia underscore ET PhD coaching. Easy peasy. Excellent. Um, I will say you lot as a collective, some of my favorite people. So it's very nice that we have um, have you on and can share those things. Because I think anyone, I guess like it's a growing interesting area for me. So I guess if I can point to anyone to say, look, go check out all this stuff. I would definitely like if you're into the, if you, if you feel like you either have a problem in this type of area or you're just interested, definitely go check out, um, check it all out. But cool. Well, I'll let you go to bed now, even if you are 30 minutes late. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you guys. Good. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.